is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Sam Amick uh, here momentarily. Stay tuned. Get Sam's thoughts on the final week of the regular season. You know, the uh, the play-in scenario has made things more interesting this week, Gordon, I will say. I agree with that. And I would expect you to think that way since you like drama. I do like drama. I don't know if I, I like uh, some team's season coming down to just a one-off game, but... Still don't know if I love that aspect of it. But I do like that it's it's kept teams more motivated. Yes. Yeah. I, I think on the whole, I see, obviously, it's easy to see uh, disadvantages and advantages. And I think the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. That's just my opinion. And maybe different people feel another way about that. And I'm sure they do. But I like it. I think it's kind of cool. Well, I mean, as a result of, for example, the Lakers won last night. So did Portland. So it keeps the... Uh, it keeps Portland playing hard tonight when they take on Phoenix, which right. obviously has its own ramifications. So uh, let's jump into it with Sam, shall we? Austin, go ahead. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sam, what's happening? How are you? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Congrats on uh, being able to share a little face again. Oh, hey. Appreciate that, Sam. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, coming back, uh, it's nice because I get back in time for the last week of the season. And Gordon and I were just discussing uh, maybe folks out there hate it or love it, but the, the play-in scenario is adding much more interest to this week than usually happens. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I know, you know, there's some players that feel like they're working overtime and uh, and have complained. As you guys know, it, it's really kind of the crowd that is most impacted. You know, if you have Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban in Dallas or LeBron with the Lakers. But um, I'm dying to see how these games go. I think it's working. You know, even in my neck of the woods, you know, teams like Sacramento and Washington that, that otherwise would have already been thinking about next season are, are trying to still fight for something. And that was obviously the whole point was to avoid that embarrassing, you know, late season stretch where they had a lot of fans who just got tired of watching teams that, that had no interest in winning because of the way the, the system was set up. So, Sam, the the Jazz are trying to hang on to that top spot in the West. They've lost two in a row now. Some alarms are going off, but they're doing it without Donovan Mitchell, without Mike Conley. So we're trying to read into this what it really means. Uh, And and I I really don't think it means that much. But obviously the Jazz would like to take that top spot. So (laughs) we're we're just waiting to see what's going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't love it for them. You know what I mean? And a lot, a lot of it's outside of their control. I mean, it's been a long time now without Donovan and Conley. And that's a problem from a, a rhythm standpoint, even though it seems they're going to be available. Um, you know, I, I don't like it if I'm them because you kind of lost, you know, that intimidation factor that I do think was there earlier where they were doing laps around the bus of the league. And, and now – I think they seem a little more gettable. Um, But there's a lot of that going around. I mean, it's going to be a pretty interesting postseason from that standpoint. When you talk about uh, Brooklyn, to to highlight one team, you know, so I have this interview coming out tomorrow where I talked to Draymond Green about a bunch of things. But I asked him, if you weren't picking the Warriors, because we all know he probably would, you know, who, who would you pick to win the whole thing? And he mentioned Brooklyn, and he talked about how, like, even though they haven't played together, you know, maybe they'll be able to make it work. And, and the Jazz have a little bit of that. They have so much more experience together as a group. You know, it's going to be hard, I think, for them to go from zero to 60 like they're going to need to. Sam, Amick is with us here on uh, 97.5 97. and, and uh, 1280 The Zone. Uh, Sam, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit of the, the Jazz and who they might draw in the first round. Uh, the Lakers or the Warriors, given the Lakers' uncertainty from an injury standpoint, is there a team out of those two they should be hoping for? Um, Man, I mean, it's you know, you got to pick the Warriors out of that group, even though it's going to be dangerous. Um, you just can't. I don't think you can disrespect it the chance like that, but it's not great on either side. Um, the Warriors are feeling good. Oh, sorry, guys. That, that would be the dog hitting the uh, in-house doorbell here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the Warriors look dangerous, but the, the Warriors look dangerous. The, the Lakers, they're going to have LeBron. They're going to have AD, and, and you just don't want to face that. I mean, I feel bad for Utah. I feel bad for Phoenix in terms of just, you know, what they might face. The first round is supposed to be where you get the payoff for all the good work you did during the year, and it did, certainly is not going to turn out that way this year. We saw the Warriors the other night playing the Jazz. I don't know if you checked out any of that game, Sam, but it was pretty interesting to see because we were thinking, uh, yeah, it's Steph and, and uh, Draymond and a bunch of other guys, but those other guys can play. At least they can on occasion, and they've won four straight. Yeah, I think they've won 13 out of 18. Um, they had the fifth best defense in the league. Um, again, you can, you know, you guys know me well enough. Whenever I do an interview with a guy, my head is kind of stuck in that space. So, like with Draymond in particular, I would say, you know, I think at times this season, Draymond felt and sounded like a guy that that was kind of shrugging at this year. Like, all right, wake me up when Clay Thompson gets back and we can get back to trying to be elite. But I, we talked about this, like what Steph Curry has done for them has been contagious. And I think now has a guy like Draymond fully engaged. And then they have, you know, the Juan Toscano Andersons and the Jordan Pools and Ken Bazemores and, you know, guys like that that are playing good ball. And they have more shooting than people realize. And Steph has mastered the art of, of either, you know, taking on triple teams and somehow still doing his individually or, uh, apologies, guys, we're having all kinds of issues today. Or, you know, maximizing all that defensive pressure in, in the kind of way that helps his teammates. Uh, I mean, it's 
you know, I would not want to play them right now. Again, I'd pick the Lakers among those two, but but they're not a typical eight seed by any stretch or, you know, whatever they wind up being. I got to butt in with one more question about the Warriors. What's this we heard about Clay Thompson kayaking across the bay to get to practice? Is that is that story <laughs> true, and is that a good idea? I didn't hear that one. Um, nonetheless, and this is, you know, against my journalistic sensibilities, I'm just going to say it's true because because it's Clay. I'm going to believe it. I mean, I <laughs> – I, I somehow didn't hear that, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, he's put up social media videos recently um, on his boat, you know, flying underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, he, he is definitely somebody who loves the Bay. He had a hilarious uh, press conference over Zoom about a month ago where in the middle of his discussion, he, he shouted out a local reporter who likes to swim a lot. Jamie McCauley from the Associated Press, who does a wonderful job. And, and he says, Jamie, I went swimming in the bay the other day, and I thought about you. Like, man, it was amazing. You told me a while back that I should do it. You know, and, and so Clay is out here just, you know, being a, being a, you know, a, a man of nature and a guy who obviously is, is one of a kind. So that would not surprise me at all. Austin says there are sharks in the bay. Oh, there are. <laughs> there are. I grew up down there. There are. I mean – Especially if you get too far out, the Fairlawn Islands are a ways out, and that's you know Great White Central. Um, yeah, you got to be careful for sure. But people do it. I mean, there's a, an annual Alcatraz swim where people go about a mile from San Francisco out to the uh, the famed Alcatraz uh, Island. So you know, people just kind of roll the dice, I guess. Sam, how much uh, consideration uh, should Quinn Snyder get for Coach of the Year? Um. I mean, he's on the short list for sure. You know, I, I think I don't think he's going to win it um, because it's probably not fair. I think that people typically are going to look at the context of one season, this season, and, and see the award that way. And, and you know, we've talked on the show before about my opinion and how, like, you know, the value that I assign to what he's done this season it goes farther back. It goes to last March and, and the dynamic within his locker room and the fact that, you know, his ship was taking on water to stick with our, our ocean references here. Um, and, and he made it work, you know what I mean, from a relationship standpoint, as a leader, as somebody who is selfless in a lot of ways, even a small thing, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, I'm in my office and um, I have the – jazz material that comes from their PR department where they advocate for all their guys for the different awards. And yet again, I was not surprised to see that I was given no, you know, propaganda, so to speak, about Quinn Snyder. It was all focused on the players, and I guarantee you that that was Quinn's decision. There's nothing in here that says, here's why Quinn Snyder is coach of the year. And the irony, of course, is that that quality is part of the package that he brings and part of the reason that that, you know, he is as good as he is. So um, I think Monty Williams very possibly, very likely wins it. Um, Tom Thibodeau is going to get a ton of support. And, you know, and then I think Michael Malone is in that conversation as well. I haven't settled on my top three just yet, um, but I, I do anticipate Quinn being in that top three. So, Sam, if I list off the, the top, uh, you know, teams in the West, 
the Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Blazers, the Mavs, the Lakers, and then the Warriors. How many of those teams have a realistic chance to win the West in in the playoffs? Um, Jazz, Suns, Clippers. I mean, I'm going to take the Warriors out. They just, you know, I mean, they, they could make noise. I, I don't see them as a title contender. The Suns, I feel like it's unlikely. We just don't see that kind of a story happen, you know, from one year to the next. It, it, it does happen. You know, the Celtics had, I think they tied the league record for turnaround when they got, you know, when they put Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen together. But that's a very different story. You know, the Suns added Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, and that's, you know, a different type of deal. Um, the Clippers, I think, are, you know, we're sleeping on them, and I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them win the whole thing. I don't necessarily believe in their kind of their fabric, if you will, but who knows. Um, the Nuggets would surprise me as impressed as I have been with them. I think in the playoffs they will feel the loss of Jamal Murray more than ever. So, you know, feels mildly disrespectful, but I'll probably take them out of the conversation. And uh, I don't know if I'm another good candidate. That's kind of how I see it. Sam, what do you think about uh, the fallout when it comes to the Celtics having a disappointing season? And I know uh, Jalen Brown missing the remainder of the year doesn't help, but is there going to be fallout from that, or are they just going to run everybody back? Are you hearing anything about that? I'm not. I mean, people ask that all the time. You know, the Celtics fans are pretty frustrated. It doesn't seem, you know, I just don't see it. Brad Stevens could have gone to Indiana at this point. Um, they love him, you know, quite a bit. And it doesn't mean that there won't be, you know, hard conversations with him about what needs to happen and, you know, the part that he played in this whole thing. But they, you know, they, they have tried and, and are pretty committed, I think, to taking the San Antonio approach with Brad, where it's like, no, this guy, we plan on, you know, like Greg Popovich with the Spurs, we plan on this guy being our coach for, you know, 20 years. And that's, yeah, that's an interesting conversation because if Pop didn't win those titles, would he have been afforded that security? And Brad obviously hasn't done that yet, but they uh, they have a long view that is tied to Jalen and Tatum being uh, free agents in 2024 and 2025, and that they just they they want to make sure that you know in 2022, three and four, that they are going in the right direction. So I think there's going to be more pressure next year on Brad, but but I don't see a coaching change or any major change being a ripple effect of this year. Jake asked you about the coach of the year. What about defensive player of the year and sixth man of the year? Uh, is Rudy a slam dunk in that regard? It seems like he should be. Um, I think probably. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, that's a, it's a tough one. You know, I think Ben Simmons is in the discussion. I've had, we had a really good chat on my podcast the other day with my colleague Marcus Thompson about Ben Simmons versus Gobert. And really it was kind of more conceptually about bigs versus wings in, in the way we look at defense. And, you know, I had come to Rudy's defense on there and trying to pound the point that, you know, the, the notion that Rudy doesn't slow down, you know, the, the greatest weapon that every team has these days, which is the three-point shot, is obviously a misnomer. He has an incredible effect on, on the opponent's ability to be effective from long range because of what he does in the paint, because of the way he empowers everybody on the wing, 
to, to you know, to defend and, and get up and be aggressive because they have zero concern about what's behind them. So, you know, I think he should be the guy. Um, from there, it gets real subjective. I think Clint Capella is in the conversation. Um, I, I'm a little bit of a prisoner of the moment, but, again, I keep going back to Draymond. Like, man, I keep looking at, you know, like, man, the Warriors got the fifth best defense? Like, how did that happen? They got a bunch of dudes we never heard of. And, and Draymond was just masterful this year on that end of the floor. Um, but as far as who wins it, you know, I, I do think it'll be Rudy, and it should be Rudy. Sam, thank you as always for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. No worries, guys. I, I apologies for uh, I didn't mean to duck six man there. That was unintentional. But uh, <laughs> I have not made up my mind. Your Jazz are making it tough. I think Clarkson, you know, maybe be the guy, but but Mr. Ingles is giving his teammate a run for the money. So it's going to be a, a Jazz player either way. And Sam, if you're if you're ever tempted to swim to Alcatraz, uh, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I used to dive. I was a scuba diver, Gordon. I've, I've been in that bay plenty. So you just gotta you know watch your back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sam. All right, guys. See ya. Sam Amick, our friend from the Athletic Senior NBA writer. You ever done the scuba diving thing? No. Me neither. Austin? No. No. Have we met? I'd Sharks are SOBs. I'd, I'd do it, though. Sure. Why not? I, I've done the snorkeling thing. That's fine. Yeah, I've done the snorkeling numerous times, but never put the tank on and the mask. Scuba dive to see a bunch of giant clams off the coast of Fiji. That was pretty rad. Hmm. Scuba or, or no, snorkel? no, no, snorkeling? I have a friend who was scuba diving and uh, came face to face with a, I think he, he said it was like a 15 foot hammerhead. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Oh, he's an attorney. He would never lie. Lawyer joke there. <laughs> Better be careful. That's, that's what we're doing now, lawyer <laughs> jokes. All right, we'll have more coming up. Tim Lacombe will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, not sports report at 4.50. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. The shorthanded Jazz lose last night to the Portland Trailblazers 105 uh, to 98. Uh, no Mike Conley, of course, no Donovan Mitchell. Boyan Bogdanovich after the game talked about how teams focus on he and Jordan Clarkson more with the shorthanded lineup. I mean, of, of course, they were they were trying to double to double JC for a for a whole game, so so they didn't they didn't allow him to hit any any wide open looks. They were trying to top, top block my, my my pin downs and, and and send me to the to the rim and weak me on a on a pick and roll. So they are every every team is trying to prepare the game, same like like we are we are trying to pre- prepare game against against them. So it's 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 normal that it, that they're gonna throw different looks and different defense on. On, on, on us right now. Jazz Magic number with the Suns still rests at two with two games left to play. Up next, they take on uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow night in OKC. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. This bottom of the hour Jazz Update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Uh, 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 uh. 
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. Gordon, uh, we had Sam Amick on uh, in the last segment. And uh, remember last week when I, or what, last week or was it this week? Monday. It had to be this week when I asked Chris Mannix about the Clippers and, and thought that they were the team to beat in the West and he disagreed. Did you notice that Sam said we're all sleeping on the Clippers? Just pointing that out. So my question so to you. So he's more correct? <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's not ludicrous to say that the Clippers could be the best team in the West. But let me ask you this. Tear out the Western Conference. You ask Sam about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it on you. Tear out the Western Conference contenders. Who who are you actually buying? This is tough. It is tough. Sure. There's a lot of teams that are that are close as far as how good they are. Um. Well, there's a, there's a leap of faith here. Depending on uh, are they going to be at full strength, and are the uh, new additions, the new old additions, going to play up to par? Because if that's the case, I think the Lakers are extremely dangerous. Uh, I know that LeBron has struggled and AD as far as health goes, but you put those two guys together on any team, and I think that's that's a problem. So the Lakers are in a class of their own? No, no, th- nobody's in a class of their own, and that's what makes it so tough. I, I think the Clippers are dangerous. I, I agree. I agree with you. I thought, uh, I thought Chris was a little tough on the Clippers, just in past experiences. This team might be different than that. So I, I would put the two LA teams uh, as, as threats. I put the Jazz as a threat. As a uh, contender, then. In the sea, you're, as, you're a con- the, as a contender. Jazz in the same boat as Clippers. I'm just clearing up. Yeah, yeah. Jazz in the same boat yeah, as Yeah, as long as Donovan is healthy and Mike Conley, uh, his hammy, isn't uh, a problem. Okay. Um, I, I, th- I think Denver is dangerous. I know you disagree with me in that regard, uh, especially without without Jamal. But uh, I, I, I think they're dangerous. Um, so contenders? Because I absolutely don't have the Nuggets as contenders. I agree with you so far with uh, your three. I, it's where do you go from there? I don't. It, I wouldn't go the Nuggets at four. Well, okay, but it, okay. And some of it's matchups. I mean, it, what if the Jazz face the Suns? Because the Suns have have really provided a problem for the Jazz. I they're pick, a bigger problem for the Jazz than they are for other teams for whatever reason. Well, they have the second best record in the league. I yeah. mean, they're a problem for a lot of teams. Let's be fair here. I, I would probably pick the Jazz in that series. I, I will include the Suns in the contender category. Okay. 
I don't know. The rest. I love it how, how guys like Maddox, and I'm just picking on Maddox here for a second, uh, um, you know, call the Clippers chokers, and you say, oh, I'll believe it when I see it, but yet never say that about Chris Paul ever. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of true. Ironically enough, the farthest he's ever gotten in the playoffs was with? The Rockets. Uh, Western Conference Finals, okay, yeah. How far do you get with the Clippers? Uh, semis, I think. Semis, so. you're right. So that that was not correct. And if he hadn't gotten hurt uh, against the Warriors, they still would have lost. I think they would have won. I don't. But here's the point, though. He did get hurt. He did. It's happened plenty of times. He's run out of gas in the playoffs a bunch. And I believe that those Clippers teams underachieved. I'll agree with Mannix there. But you, you've got to hold Chris Paul accountable for that. So why 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 doesn't that ever get brought up when talking about the Suns? I don't know. There's a difference between contenders and dangerous teams. I think there are other teams that are dangerous, would be dangerous for the Jazz if but, they are to face them. And I would include Portland in on that. I think uh, certainly the Nuggets are fit that category. Uh, dangerous. Um, but contenders, that's kind of why I asked it that way. I mean, this is the NBA and this is a particularly deep league. I mean, I don't think the Warriors are going to beat anybody in a playoff series, but other than that, would it really surprise you if any team won a series in the first round? Probably not. Yeah, I think there will be upsets. But I don't consider the Nuggets Blazers or Mavericks contenders. I don't. I'm I'm torn on the Suns. I definitely include the Suns in in that conversation. The others, uh, if a team takes them lightly – or if any of those teams get hot, uh, then I think that could create a problem. And that's the way I look at it, really, uh, not because I'm, I'm projecting ahead to who's going to come out of the Western Conference, but I, I look at it from a Jazz perspective. You look at any one of those teams and you could lose to them. You could beat them, too. You could. And I, and I might pick them to, to win, but I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's sports. We don't I know. I know, I know, but in some years you are sure, or pretty sure. I would probably pick the Jazz to beat any team in the West in a seven-game series right Clippers, now except right? for the Clippers. And, yes, they could lose. Yes, realize that. I, I can't disagree with you. And I think if the Lakers are fully healthy, you still are discounting them? Just- I, mean, I don't know. They're the, they're the weird one because I think – I think LeBron's injury is a serious one, so I don't. Why is he sending out tweets about how he's going to hang another banner and all that? Sort I don't of thing? know. Why does LeBron do anything? I have no idea. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think you know if if it was a bad high ankle sprain, which I think everybody's kind of acknowledged, right? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't see that being that injury being right in the playoffs. So. I mean, maybe he can play on it. LeBron playing on it. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be LeBron. But I, I think it's a factor. And Anthony Davis is a huge wild card because he was healthy last year during the playoffs and the bubble and all that stuff. But is he going to be healthy this year? Remember that was after having several months off leading into the bubble. So I he's think, yeah. he's he re aggravated a groin injury, right? That's why he missed the last game against the Rockets. That's right. This is the way I put it right now, Jake. Now that you uh, you you press me into it. Clippers, Jazz, Suns, Lakers. Okay, I can I could probably come along with that. If 
By the way, we have an update on the Jazz injury report. Uh, Mike Conley now questionable with right hamstring tightness for the game tomorrow night against uh, Oklahoma City. Does that sound like, uh, given the Jazz's M.O. over the past little while, does that sound like a probability? Um, I'm, I mean, yes, because why not just keep him listed as out? Maybe that allows them to go ahead and play him if they feel like they need him. But have him suited up? Yeah. I think if they have him suit up, I think he'll play. Do you? Yeah. Even if the Jazz are up by 20? Well, they might pull him out of the game. But Do you think they'd play. start him? Probably. Maybe bring him off the bench. I don't know, maybe minutes restriction, but I think they'd play him. If they, went to the, the, if they bothered to suit him up, I think they intend to play him. That's a real interesting decision, isn't it? Especially against a team like the, the Thunder. I think it's good news. I mean, for those folks out there just thinking that these players are more hurt than they really are. If if it's good news, then what that means is that Donovan's ankle is really, really still healing. I don't know. There's because if they two were different gonna, players and two different injuries. Yeah, but if they were, they were going to do that and, and, and they thought both players were ready to go or able to go, then why wouldn't they play both of them? Well, I don't know why you're reading into Donovan's situation when we're talking about Mike. Well, I know, but, it, I mean, it's similar because people have thought, some people have speculated that they're holding the guys back just as a precaution. Maybe they are. Maybe the, the hamstring needs a little time. Maybe they, I don't know. They're different injuries. They're, they are different injuries, but you're yeah, missing my point. My point humans. is that that's not the issue. The issue is being cautious and saving them for the second season. They are being cautious. And so it doesn't really matter whether it's a hamstring or a sprained ankle because you're holding them out to protect them against potential trouble. Except for Donovan, he sprained his ankle. They're not... That happened. I watched it. Well, you the, saw the, the hamstring was hurt too. All right, and maybe it's better. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Uh, Jake, you, you Jake what con- I'm saying is that there might be a, a separate motivation for not playing them. That applies to each. Okay, they are separate people. That's true. <laughs> they are different injuries. One is a hamstring. One is an ankle. I, I know that. And one but is, the motivation, is Donovan's ankle. But the motivation might be the same. But the, the situation's them. entirely different. I know. But but they might be doing it not because of the kind of injury it is, but because they're protecting them and saving them for the playoffs. I am not going to read into Donovan Mitchell's injury because Mike Conley is questionable tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not coming on that leap with you, partner. Okay. Well, I've already left the ledge. Yeah, that's all right. It's okay. I'm not saying anything for certain one way or the other. I'm just saying that there might be, it might be bigger than just the injury itself or the kind of injury. Okay. That's all I said. I think that— I, Look, as soon as these guys are able, I would play them. If, because if you're going to sit there and worry about— Oh, I might get hurt or something like that. I mean, you can say that at any time anyway. I would I if if they are healthy, I would play them. All right, we'll have the not sports report coming up next. Uh Tim Lacombe at five. It is the big show, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. 
The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotting and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys. Jake here for my friends at Zero Res. And listen, I've been using Zero Res for well over a decade now because they simply clean differently. And now that I use Zero Res, I can never go back to those other companies because they use soaps and shampoos. And those are great for washing dishes, but not so much for washing carpets. Soap leaves behind residue. And in carpet, that residue makes your carpets crunchy. And why would you pay for that? Not only that, residue actually attracts dirt back into your carpet. So with Zero Res, your carpets are going to stay cleaner uh, longer. They use the powered water, which breaks down dirt, dust, and allergens. And it makes it easy to remove. And uh, as a result, actually, Zero Res uses less water because it cleans and rinses at the same time, so your carpets are going to dry faster. Very, very nice. Plus, they've got a great deal going on right now for Zone listeners. Just $33 per room clean. So give them a call. 801-288-9376. Tell them Jake from The Zone sent you. They're going to hook you up. Just $33 per room clean. Minimum supply, but no maximum. So clean the whole house uh, for a great price. 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Real quick before we get to the Not Sports Report, we also got uh, the Thunder Injury Report. We mentioned Mike Conley is going to be questionable for tomorrow night. Um, Here's who's out for the Thunder. Uh, Mike Muscala, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Lou Dort. Oh. Well, that would be put a little crimp into there. Yeah, the Thunder are going to lose. Yeah, the, 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 the magic number is down to one. Which they want to lose. The Thunder want to yeah. lose. Yes, thus uh, nobody's playing. All right, time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? So we're going three places. We're going to Motown, we're going to Missouri, and we're going to Ohio. Start with Motown, and I don't even know where Stevie Wonder lives these days, but he today's his 71st birthday. Well, happy birthday, Stevie Wonder. I actually would have thought he was older than that. Yeah, maybe. Have you seen Shaq's story that's going around about Stevie Wonder? No. How he got on an elevator with Stevie Wonder. They used to live in the same place. Oh, and he said he wanted to go to a certain floor, and Stevie pushed the button. Well, first he got on the elevator, and Stevie said, What's up, Shaq? <laughs> and then he asked him, and and Stevie pushed the right the button. There's been rumors out there that he's not really blind for years. So is I he maybe Shaq has an odor? I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't heard the Shaq one, but I've heard rumors. There's like you smell icy hot, and you just think, "Oh, that's Shaq." 
But if you do a deep, there's videos out there. If you do a deep dive on is Stevie Wonder really blind, there's there's enough out there to make you at least like question it. But yeah. don't you feel horrible questioning yes. whether or not somebody's blind? Isn't that because it's probably real? Yeah, but right. you do it anyway. Okay, so a 25 year old woman in Missouri, Jake, made a couple of mistakes. The first one was she robbed a bank. How's that a mistake? The second one is her getaway car was a cab. <laughs> a cab. Okay. So when officials, authorities saw that it was a cab, they called the cab company to find out where the cab was, and they knew exactly where it was. So they went directly there and picked up the perp. Hmm. And the cab driver's going, hey, man, I had nothing to do with this. I'm innocent. I'm just driving the car. Did she tip well? <laughs> there was no mention of that, but she was arrested. And then there's this out of Ohio, and I really don't know what to make of this, but it did make me laugh. <laughs> and this is what has Austin a little worried. I don't know what the story is. I just know that he's been laughing for 40 minutes about it. Uh, apparently, <laughs> a woman was arrested after a fight at a Walmart. And let me just read the report, okay? Because I don't know how else to say this. This is the news report, okay? Officers were called to the potato chip aisle for disturbance between two women, police said, and the one woman threatened the other. She pulled down her mask and tried to spit on the victim, but missed. And according to police, that's when she hit the victim in the face with a 10-pound log of pre-packed meat. That, did she get charged with assault? Yes, she did. <laughs> but why? Okay, a couple of questions. Oh, no. Why, why are you getting a fight in a store? Happens quite a bit. Second of all, why would you hurl a 10-pound log of pre-packed meat at somebody? Is that what you had handy? I think she grabbed it out of the out of the the, the you know the the meat department and just like a javelin. Well, they're in the potato chip aisle. They're not in the meat department. She probably had it in her bag. What's right there? Or slab of beef. Her her basket. Look, I mean, I, I get it that people get mad at each other sometimes. But have you ever been so mad that you would pick up a ten pound log of prepacked meat and throw it at someone's face? Yes. Next question. You would. Yeah, have you ever had your had fireworks wake your baby that never sleeps past eleven thirty at night, and then your baby's up till four and the neighbors are sleeping? Yeah, I've I've been that angry. But doesn't that sound like a strange thing to hurl at someone's face? Like if you're given the choice of weapon, that would be. But if it's just that it happens to be a hand, yeah, that's it. It was just handy. Yeah, if if you're if you know there's a duel at noon at the saloon and you show up. With a slab of beef, then yeah, that's a weird choice. Well, this is the most shocking part of the whole story is that police said that the woman has a history of violent behavior. No. Nah. Impossible. In fact, the two women actually knew each other. They live in uh, the same uh, uh, apartment building, or I think it's actually a duplex. I think it's probably safe, uh, gentlemen, to guess that this was... This goes deeper than an argument over Pringles or, or Lay's, right? 
This is the entire reason why I try to be pleasant and polite with people, because you never know who you're interacting with. You have no idea. I guess she's lucky it was just a 10-pound packet of meat. Why? Well, in this day and age, like Jake is saying, you just never know. Yeah, it could be like a can of corned beef. That would hurt. I was thinking, I was <laughs> more gunpowder. Yeah, I was thinking more like Sam Colt uh, coming out of a purse. Yeah. I, no thanks. I think this whole story is a bunch of baloney. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. A long buildup for that. There it is. Wow. So Tim McCombs coming up next. That'd be nice. Tim, my co host for Jazz Pre Half and Post. I got a question for you. Uh, how do you say the word B-O-L-O-G-N-A? Baloney. Why Why is it not Bologna? Because it's pronounced baloney. I thought baloney was B-A-L-O-N-E-Y. It's not. Well, my baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. Well, there was no, there was no mention of the kind of meat... The brand of meat that was curled <laughs> in this particular case. Why is it pronounced Gordon? <laughs> I mean, oh, there's an O there. Own. Yeah, but not Gordon. There's no E it, on the end. If it's Gordon, wouldn't it be like an A? I mean, it's Gordon. Isn't yeah. it te- technically Gordon? I don't know. It can be either way. I'm know? going with Gordon from now on. I'm amazed Gordon how many people misspell it G-O-R-D-A-N. Gordon? That would make more sense. That Why? would sound more like Gordon. Like Goran Giracek? Gordon. I mean, why is there an O there? Monsoon. Why is it Jake Monsoon. and not Jacques? <laughs> okay. It just seemed to me like B-O-L-O-G-N-A should not be pronounced baloney. I'm sure it's, it has a different country of origin. It's yeah, named but, after a city in Italy. Yeah, but it's not. They don't call it baloney. No, but they. But we're here. I know, but why do they call it baloney here? That's my question. I've actually seen it spelled B-L-O-N-E-Y. I have too. That's why I wondered if it's bal- Bologna. This is maybe the dumbest discussion we've ever had. <laughs> well, why do you spell it baloney the other way? If B-O-L-O-G-N-A is sp- pronounced baloney. Why does receipt have a P in it? Why does George Niang have an S at the end of George? Not hear, Georges. Did I, did Donovan, I Donovan has started call calling him Georges. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. Good for him. Are there two? That's what George. That's the joke George makes. Is he was born at such a size that they named him plural. All right. B o l n g a. Who's this uh, segment sponsored by? Nobody anymore. After this rousing rendition. Why does Lacombe have a B in it? You're missing the point. I'm not missing Lacombe the point. Lacombe sounds like Lacombe, the way you spell it. It's not Lacombe. Bologna is not baloney. Tim Lacombe coming up next. I don't even know if it was baloney that was hurled. But it was some sort of prepacked meat. 97.5 and 1280. 10-pound log of it.